moving on. Um, this is Spitz and Suds. He's Sean Shapiro. I'm Gavin Spittle. Uh, some news this week. Patrice Bergeron, all-time great center, uh, calls it quits. An amazing career, an amazing tribute that he wrote, uh, thanking the city of Boston, his family, his parents, his wife, his kids, uh, Canada for playing in the Olympics. It was just so well written um, and just I mean, you know, can't say enough about Patrice Bergeron. But it did lead me to the question of a name that I brought up earlier on in this podcast. Sean Shapiro, if you had the choice, Patrice Bergeron or Anse Kopitar, who are you choosing and why? Um, and I don't know if there's a wrong I, answer. I, yeah, I don't, there's not a there's not a there's not a wrong answer. Um, I mean, I, I personally, I think uh, Kopitar to me gets the edge simply because I like to be. Um, I will. I I feel Kopitar's game was more entertaining, if if that makes sense, right? Where it's like Bergeron's game was so efficient and everything like that. Like you, 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 hundred percent would never. You would always. Uh, you would build a team around Patrice Bergeron, no matter what. I'm not mm-hmm. disputing that at all, but I also, Kopitar's game was a little bit more exciting, a little bit. And, and I think maybe that's where the tiebreaker goes, where I, it's sports or entertainment, and I want to be more entertained. And I think Anze Kopitar entertained me more than Patrice Bergeron because now Patrice Bergeron obviously entertained Bruins fans more because they won a lot of games. But to me, as a hockey fan in general, I think, and I also think, um, and I can't hold this against Bergeron, but I just think it's a reality of it too. I think Kopitar has had to, um, has proven himself in situations that Bergeron was never in where Bergeron never really played for a bad team. And what Kopitar has done, even on as when, when the Kings have gone through some downswings to me has been pretty impressive too. So that's kind of it. Now it's, 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 it's very much splitting hairs, but that's where I would, uh, but when, when you ask me to split the hairs, it comes down to Kopitar's game slightly more exciting. And I have the proof of life that he could do it on a bad team. And, and maybe that's yeah. uh, unfair to Bergeron to say he couldn't, he didn't, he, he just didn't have a bad team to, to ever do it on. So, right. Absolutely. <laughs> so, um, for those listening, and this is my fault and I have to do a better job. Anse Kopitar is a center for the Los Angeles Kings. Patrice Bergeron, longtime center for the Boston Bruins, who just announced his retirement. Um, Anse Kopitar started in 2006-2007. Pretty amazing, 61 points in his first season. Uh, 11th pick that year. And just a, it's just, you know, if you do the career, 1,292 games, uh, 393 goals, 748 assists coming up on 1200 points. So um, both players just uh, special, both Tia players, hall of famers uh, winning cups. So I just wanted to give that uh, comparison, but a massive stick tap to Patrice Bergeron and an unbelievable career. The Bruins are going to look so different this year, Sean, without Krejci, without Bergeron. Um, It's going to be different, but somehow they always find a way. Yeah. Well, it's going to be, uh, the fact of the matter is um, Jim Montgomery's coaching acumen is going to be really tested sure after thing. obviously yeah. uh, after, after year one to uh, year one in that team and obviously setting records and winning the Jack Adams and 
well-deserved and everything like that. It's really going to be, uh, it's going to, it's going to be tested this year. I, mean, I, I just pulled it up. It was interesting, Gavin, the uh, it's, I didn't realize how exactly down to the button they were. So I just pulled it up on hockey reference using the comparison tool. So um, as of right now, and obviously Kopitar's numbers will still continue to go up um, in Throughout their careers, Patrice Bergeron played uh, 12,000, uh, 1,294 regular season games in his NHL career, 1,294. Anze Kopitar has played 1,292. Yeah. The difference is literally two games. And Kopitar had 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 more points by about 100, has more points by about 100, more, assist, more assists by about, uh, and but then Bergeron had the, had, had more power play points had more, but there, there's so many things about them. Like um, it's funny, like hockey reference has a, has a metric that they call point shares, which is uh, uh, basically measures. Okay. How many, how many points does a player contribute to a team in a season? And, it, and, and so for the career thus far, uh, Bergeron's is 125.5 and Kopitar's is 124.5, like right next to each other. Um, and uh, so it's 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 a real it's actually a really good question that that I'm sure people who are either Kings fans or Bruins fans will get more heated in. But I'm gonna say uh, I split hairs and went with Kopitar. But yeah, both tremendous players. I just thought it was an interesting sports comparison, and we're not even talking about the you know both are amazing room guys, and then you talk about the center mm-hmm. position. Both are amazing at faceoff draws, and then they are amazing two way players as well. Um, so it's just, it's it's just, I thought it was fascinating, like looking into both of them. And uh, I would actually say too, that the regular hockey fan, you know, or the passionate hockey fan would know about them, but these are not mainstream names, Sean. And that's, what's kind of fascinating. I mean, they're two greats that kind of have flown under the radar for the casual hockey fan is probably the best way to put it. I don't know if Bergeron has though. I mean, he's played in, he's played in Boston. He's won the Selkie five times and everything like that. So I don't know about Bergeron because I think he's, he's always got a bit of that original six. Sure. Always, always talked about more in Canada bump. So I think that, but I think Kopitar is overall, I think Kopitar flies a little bit more under the radar simply from the fact where um, people always knew he was good in LA, but I, I think it's kind of, He's kind of that forgotten, not he's kind of that forgotten superstar where if you're like, oh, I'm going to name superstars in the league and you name five or six and you wouldn't name him and you'd be like, maybe I should have. Like, mm-hmm. so uh, I, uh, I think Bergeron kind of because of the Boston market and where he is and everything, I think he got more of his due in the national space um, than Kopitar did. Yeah. I would not, when I say casual hockey fan, I'm talking about people that know McDavid. Crosby, Ovechkin, uh, maybe a couple others in their home team. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. That's fair. That's but you're fair. right. That's for fair. hockey fans, yeah, yeah. you're right. I mean, yeah. everyone knows Patrice Bergeron, and they might not know, you know, Kopitar. But uh, mm-hmm. interesting uh, comparison. And then we see that Vladimir Tarasenko signs a one-year, $5 million, has a no-trade clause. It's not a no-movement clause. It's a no-trade clause. Um to the Ottawa Senators. Sean, I love this deal for both Ottawa and I loved it for Tarasenko as well. I mean, I think it was a great piece of work by Ottawa. Yeah. The, uh, 
Um, the to sign with you sign with a team that I I don't think is a playoff team this year. I just and it that's not that I don't think Ottawa hasn't gotten better. I just I don't think they're a playoff this team here because of the division and conference they're in. But so you get a team where Tarasenko takes a nice little bet here, right? Where he signs for one year, five million dollars, and and maybe it's uh and potentially you get the 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 payout of Ottawa becoming a playoff team. And who the heck knows? You got something good. But by also signing the one year five million dollar deal, you have the opportunity to be one of the biggest names at the deadline again. And Ottawa has the opportunity to potentially buy a draft pick if they aren't as close as they'd like to be. I think it's a great little move by both sides here where Tarasenko gets the chance to play in the playoffs this year. I really think that whether it's either Tarasenko will be in the playoffs this year, he will either be in the playoffs because Ottawa is in that spot and they made that next jump or he'll be traded to a contender and he'll be in the playoffs. The senators will either be a playoff team or they'll be booking, they'll be doing a nice asset the same way. And while obviously the, the return on the deal kind of plummeted because John Klingberg's play in Anaheim plummeted. It's the same way that Anaheim basically signed Klingberg to buy a draft pick in the season. Mm -hmm. I like it for both sides. Yeah. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Yeah, you're 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 absolutely right. And then you look at the names, you know, that he gets to play with with uh, Stoltz, Kachuk, Giroux, Pinto, Shabbat, Chikrin. Um, mm-hmm. A good little team. Whether or not they could put it together, but I mean, he's going to have the opportunity to prove that he is um, what he was once known as, and that's a quality scoring uh, forward that deserves a nice contract. So I thought it was a good placement. If, if I yeah. Yeah, go ahead. If I, if I put if I put Ottawa in the West, if I put that roster in the West, I think they're a playoff team. I agree. I think it's the the issue comes down to the conference, and I think that's really the issue. Where it's, I think they've built a pretty good team, but I the East to me is it's still a bear. So. What, what if I put Ottawa in the Metro? Hmm. Still, I mean, borderline, but better. I mean that that East division's tough when you have to go through. Tampa, Florida, Toronto, Boston. Yeah, those are, Buffalo is improved. I mean, those those are those are tough. I mean, but you know, hey, they they can do it. I mean, because we look at the Central, and the Central's not easy either. Yeah, but it, it's still tough to be like that that conference, right? Like Pittsburgh. Yeah, Pittsburgh, Carolina, I mean, I mean, Rangers. I mean, I I don't know what the numbers are, but like, can you imagine? I I wonder. Um, we got Sidney Crosby coming off not Sidney Crosby and Evgeny Malkin coming off not playing in the playoffs. Can like I I those guys have had such long careers, playoff runs, and everything, and like the fact that Pittsburgh is coming in with 
like we saw in Dallas what happened where where what a healthy Jamie Ben looked like after the Stars missed the playoffs. Like I would be scared of Pittsburgh this year just because like I think in a healthy combined with a motivated and yep. angry Malkin and Crosby to push things to to kind of prove they're still they've still got it like I would be scared of Pittsburgh this year. <laughs> yeah, 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 absolutely. And we did get some clarification when Claude Giroux talked about Alec Debrinkit and that he didn't necessarily want to stay in Ottawa. So um, we yeah. both agree that Detroit still got, you know, a good oh, deal yeah, in yeah, that. Yeah, but yeah, at the yeah, same yeah. time, it did provide some clarification. Um, and, you know, not a bad pickup to replace Debrinkit in uh, Tarasenko. So I thought that was, uh, I thought that was interesting. It is going to be a absolute fun year. And wanted to finish with, we got, you know, um, one of our popular listeners, uh, Howey, he says, uh, wasn't sure when the next podcast would drop, but have an early question building off the last one. You'd look ahead to the trade deadline. Who would be on your wish list for potential D-men trade uh, candidates? Any initial favorites? And thank you so much for your question. This is how I answered it. Um, Basically, I said, very tough to judge. Um, because we don't know who's going to be fighting for a wild card spot. Um, usually at the halfway point, I think you'd agree, Sean, you get a pretty good gauge, but I did say this one name that you'll hear a lot is Noah Hannafin because his deals expiring in Calgary. I know that, you know, from what I was reading, there was a lot of chatter around draft with, with the Calgary flames about, you know, someone, you know, one of the teams trying to pick. Hannafin off of their hands. So wanted to get your thoughts and will he be like the marquee defenseman similar to what we saw primarily all of last year with Chikrin? Uh, I I think so. I mean, obviously Hannafin and Chikrin are slightly different because Chikrin was a RFA. Hannafin, I think, will be a... um, He's a UFA. He's a UFA. So that's definitely way more... uh, there's there's definitely more certainty of how that will go if uh if things so I mean Hannafin is is definitely one um Tyson Berry will be a UFA next summer um and uh will will be will be on an expiring contract um be interesting to see how a the Shane Gossespierre experiment in Detroit will be interesting because he signed a one-year $4.125 million deal with Detroit. And he's someone who, if he can be, if he can dial the dial it back a little bit, he's someone who I could see a team bringing in to try to help the power play. Um, and uh, once again, the, the, I mean, the Brett Pesci one too is big. I, I don't know if Brett Pesci will get an extension before and maybe won't be available, so it won't be a thing, but he's another one. Um well, uh, of those of those guys who are going to be pending free agents. Um, yeah, it's uh, yeah. I mean, somebody is going to. I don't think like there's there a, a name that, for example, a name that teams probably should avoid, but will he'll get uh, attention at the deadline. It will be Tyler Myers because he'll be a UFA, and I don't think Vancouver is going to be very good. So I think some team will, I think Tyler Myers could be in play, but I don't think teams, I don't, I would not be stepping right up to to get Tyler Myers, but I, I think he's one that we'll see popping up. Um, it's just right now there's not, the guy I like actually, um, 
who I would be, I think would be a sneaky good depth defender because and he'll be a UFA after he'll be a UFA. So um, is, is Matt Roy. Like I think Matt Roy would be a sneaky good pickup. Mm-hmm. Um, if LA doesn't think that there, he's going to be part of the the long-term space. Yeah. You don't see it often. Calgary has five unrestricted free agents on the blue line after this year. Yeah. <laughs> that yeah. is uh, different times in Calgary, so to speak. So, all right, my man. Well, that was a lot of topics and uh, appreciated it as always. It's the off season, but we are not short of news. And that's what I love about this podcast. Yeah, no, it's, uh, it's good. And we'll, uh, you know what? We're only, uh, we're getting closer to the season, but enjoy the, enjoy, the, enjoy the off season. Enjoy these podcasts, please. And uh, yeah. as I said earlier, as I said earlier, as we were talking, like, I, I really want people to know that it's, this we do this for you we do this for you because and the reason we're able to continue doing it for you and i give gavin credit for when i was in a spot where all of a sudden i was a free agent and available to do something like this gavin said hey let's try it and we've because of how people have listened we've been able to keep growing it it's how we did shows during the the playoffs um so I really, I really appreciate the people who keep listening to this, who keep sharing it, doing all that jazz and everything. So, um, yeah. So just thank you. I'm going to end it with for for that for for me. I'm just going to say thank you because I think, um, I sometimes, I sometimes pinch myself thinking that people actually give a damn about what I have to think about anything. So thank you. Well, Sean, I just wanted someone on the podcast that would be nice to me. <laughs> you hear that hanging out in wisconsin i just called you out (laughs) oh my goodness all right so for sean shapiro the name of the book is we win here also if you want to follow team usa sean's been uh, doing some cool coverage on that as well and uh give me a name on team usa i should look out for well, yeah, right now this is, I mean, this is the World Junior Summer Showcase and uh, it's, there's the big, not, I mean, big names, obviously there's the, um, the, the Will Smith who went number four to the Sharks this year. He's going to be a huge part of Team USA at the thing, but um, I've been fat just because I, I kind of nerd out in the space. I've been fascinated watching the goalie competition for the World Junior Showcase. It's, uh, it's, uh, there's three, uh, there's uh, Trey Augustine, who was the starter last year at World Junior, who's a Michigan could be at Michigan State this year, and is a Detroit is a is a Detroit pick. And then uh, uh, Fowl, uh, I'm trying to complete blank on his first name, but the last name is Fowler, who played for the Youngstown Phantoms in the USHL last year, and is going to be a freshman at Boston College this year, who looks really good in camp. So um, I always, I, I love this. I'm as for for the quick backstory for people that. World Junior Summer Showcase is happening right now in Plymouth, Michigan. Um, basically, it's the time where they're sorting out the teams of who will be representing Team USA in the winter. And you know what? Maybe we first game is tomorrow, Gavin. And uh, I think when we record our next episode, we can give you a little bit more nice. of like, hey, I like th- I like this guy. I like this guy a lot, and keep an eye on this guy and things like that. So that'd be great. That's uh, that that's awesome. And uh, the book continues to uh, sell. If you have not heard of We Win Here. It's a great deep dive into the Texas Stars organization as well as how these Texas Stars became the Dallas Stars. So some great um, kind of stories you might not have heard before. 
And uh, one thing that everyone agrees is that hockey has the best stories. And Curtis McKenzie's involved. And obviously, Sean is a, a great author. Um, you read his stuff all the time. And uh, this is a, a great book. So I would encourage everyone to pick it up. That's another way to support Stars Hockey and my buddy Sean Shapiro. So, all right, buddy, have a good weekend and uh, look forward to catching up next week. You too, man. I always look forward to these. So, yeah, seriously, everyone, thank you for listening and thank you to Gavin for uh, helping us get this all together. Yeah, absolutely. And everyone, just uh, as we mentioned earlier, the best way to show your support is like, pass it on, retweet it, and uh, just support Spits and Suds. Uh, you know, because we want it to continue in the off season. We want it to continue the momentum. So while we're super excited about the regular season coming, uh, these off season programs have given us an opportunity. If you listen to Spits and Suds during the playoffs, we kept saying this is kind of a June July conversation. Well, we're now having those conversations now, and it's a uh, it, it's great to talk hockey uh, with 100 degree weather outside. <laughs> so for Sean Shapiro, I'm Gavin Spittle. Have a great day, everyone, and thanks for listening to Spits and Suds.